1: This is the Tuesday edition of the Just Baseball Show. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, who is one of the real bros of Simi Valley for the next week. Uh, We've got kind of a stacked list of things to go through from Noah Syndergaard bodying Mike Francesa on Twitter all the way to the Hall of Fame ballot being released earlier today. But you are back home in Santa Barbara. Um, I am in uh, your state. And what's funny about that is you said, bro, we got to meet up. I was like, no, we don't. We're five hours away. California is a huge state.
0: That's the thing about California. Um, so you're in San Jose, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm
1: now in Marin County, which is just
0: north of San Francisco. Uh, and that's the, crazy. that's the problem with California. You think you're kind of close, but in actuality, I'm probably seven hours away from you in the same state. And Santa Barbara is along the central coast of California, which is then two hours north of L.A. So yeah. the difference between L.A. and San Francisco, I hear think is eight hours like an eight hour drive
1: i think it's like seven like six and a half seven if you don't run into too much traffic but you always run into traffic
0: you always run into traffic i mean going down the 101 the have you uh have you taken a little drive down the pch the pacific coast highway probably the prettiest prettiest highway in the world
1: yeah, One dude. I mean, listen, I, I'm a Cali boy. I'm not a Cali boy like you, but I'm a Cali boy. Also, I was visiting my brother who's a freshman at Santa Clara, and he and his friends just kind of operate shirtless. Is that a California yeah. thing, or is that just a college D-bag thing?
0: Not even at all. Small story. I used to play junior golf when I was like 11, 12 years old. Congratulations. I almost got kicked off for two, two times. One, because I was a pretty good golfer when I was young. And I kind of relied on my athletic abilities, you know, because I'm a freak athlete. They called me kind of the Giannis of junior golf, that I could just walk in and just be a freak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Naturally. But first time, almost got kicked off because I hit the drive of my life down this hill and almost hit the, uh, the other golfers. Almost got kicked off then. The other time, it was like 97 degrees. And in my 12-year-old mind, I thought, why would it be bad if I took my shirt off to finish the tournament? That was idiotic. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell you why it's bad. Obviously idiotic. Almost got kicked off then. And then to go back to the California part, I'm currently eating, now that I'm back in my hometown, just some nice berries. I got strawberries, pineapple, kind of like a mini pina colada. Yeah, no. Really, you know, good.
1: You're wearing a hoodie in Santa Barbara right now. Uh, the bodega doesn't have good enough berries for you.
0: That's the thing. I, all I keep hearing since I went back to Santa Barbara, all my friends are, when are we going to the bodega? That's like this new joke that we're hearing.
1: Yeah, I mean, the bodega, like, listen, you can be from California or Chicago, Illinois, like me. I'm always going to joke about the bodega if I hear that somebody lives in Manhattan.
0: The bodega is the ultimate store. It's the only place in the country where you can go get pet food. Yeah, You can get a sandwich. Yeah, you can get cigarettes yeah. and you can get like gloves, hardware. There's everything at the bodega. It's an incredible store. And I don't know why it hasn't been adopted throughout the country. I it guess it's like your Tuesday night. Yeah. Dog
1: yeah,
0: food, stuff. food, cigarettes, <laughs> and some nails. And you could go get soap there. I just got some like soap from the bodega. God. Is it soft soap or is it Myers? You can get anything you want. You can get anything. bar of soap. You can get you can get that. I, I don't even know. You can get anything. And
1: you can see the local alley cat too. It's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just hanging out in there. All way. right.
1: Let, let's dive into a laundry list right now. This is an awesome week of sports. I love Thanksgiving week. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you love it because you got Monday night football tonight, and then you got three Thursday night games. Um, I love it because you've got Number one, South Carolina playing number two, Yukon and women's hoops in the battle for Atlantis right now. While we record, you've got number one, Gonzaga playing number two, UCLA in college hoops on the men's side tomorrow night. You've got so many of these tournaments in college basketball. You've got college football spanning from Friday to Saturday to Sunday. Um, not to mention ball state and Buffalo tonight, big one action, big one ball state <laughs> playing for bowl eligibility there. Um, I mean, this is, uh, this is a great week of sports viewing, and it sneaky became a great week of baseball, especially with the impending doom that a lockout presents.
0: We just keep hearing more and more. Lockout is coming. We have a couple weeks, people. Nothing is done. Yeah. And yeah. Manfred came out, and he said, we understand the time. He keeps saying all this shit, and then just nothing happens. We're about to hit the lockout. December 1st, people are going to be frozen out. And I don't know how long it's going to last either, but speaking about just um, how much of a good sports week it is, it's been a pretty good NFL season for me so far. Yeah. Winning at 60% against the spread. I'm actually doing better in the NFL than I was doing at baseball. Baseball is much harder because it's every single day and I'm giving you three picks. Sometimes I'll force one in there. The NFL, it's really my best bets, and we're, I mean, it's not gambling advice, but 60% against the spread feeling good when three and one Steelers bang Texans plus 10 and a half they won outright yeah. Colts plus seven and a half against the Bills Colts won 41 to 15 and then the stupid Panthers in their first home game with Cam Newton I know Ron Rivera was coming back for the Washington football team but come on now Cam you're gonna lose in the home opener I think so, so they, they didn't win yeah three yeah. and one on Sunday
1: shout out Riverboat Ron um Hey, I was just telling Aram on yesterday's episode I had Jonathan Taylor this week. Uh, and I How still I? I still lost by 30 points. How? Uh everybody else sucked. I'll tell you who mm-hmm. I had. Um, but before I tell you about Jonathan Taylor, you did a very deep dive into Seiya Suzuki, who just got posted today. Yep. So Suzuki is eligible to be bid on. Um, you've got the chance of the lockout. Preventing that, he has until mid to late December to sign, Mm -hmm. or else he goes back to Nippon Professional Baseball. It sounds like a deal is going to get done for Suzuki. What's so fun about him that you realized?
0: So I did a very deep dive on Seiya Suzuki, and what I found is that he is very similar to Hideki Matsui when he came over from the same league. So Seiya Suzuki is a 27-year-old. Former shortstop slash third baseman, but moved to the outfield where he won three golden globe, golden globes, golden gloves, they call it. The only problem is I look kind of into the advanced defensive metrics check and they have him as like an average at best fielder because he doesn't have a ton of range, but he has a really strong arm and his career stats. He's a career 316 hitter four fifteen on base percentage, 572 slugging. 182 home runs and 82 stolen bases. From 2016 to 2021, he hit at least 320 five times with a wrc plus north of 180 four times. Damn. Damn. Dude, and in 2021, he hit 332 38 bombs, a 1.090 OPS and a 211 wrc plus. And he walked as much as he struck out 16.3% rates in walks and strikeouts. And just going back to the stolen base thing, he's stolen a bunch of bases. 82 is a lot, but just not very efficiently. He only steals at a 62% rate. So I wouldn't expect him to run a lot like he did in the MPB, but he is a super good athlete. So that's the part that I'm looking at, that speed is a part of his game. But don't expect him to steal 20-25 bags like he did in the NPB. But just getting back to the similarities between him and Matsui, dude, look at their career slash lines. Suzuki, 316. Matsui, 304. 415 for Suzuki and OBP. 413 for Matsui. 572 slugging for Suzuki. 582 slugging for Matsui. 987 OPS. 996 OPS, 170 WRC plus for Suzuki, 168 WRC plus for Matsui. Suzuki recorded a 211 WRC plus like I said in his final season while Matsui recorded a 218 WRC plus in his in his final season when he hit 50 home runs. And I was doing a lot of comps kind of seeing where I and then I also heard um, a couple different comps AJ Pollock of the Dodgers. That seems to be that kind of comp for this kind of player. And we're most likely expecting him to get four year deal around 10 AAV, probably four for 40. That's kind of the scuttle, but that's the contract. I think that has been projected. He's a good player. I like his leg lift a lot. It's, it's weird. It doesn't seem like he's all over the place, even though his leg lift is kind of high. It seems like it's mostly a timing thing and his bat speed is electric.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I'm really done placing doubt in guys with a big leg lift. I've mm. I did that a lot. Um, I did too. You know, especially especially when I was learning like how to hit when I was Me in too. high school, um, and I was you know doing these hitting lessons, and I was hearing from former pros, and they were like, "Oh, the leg lift, no." But now, I mean, it's just so obvious that like if you are a top flight athlete the leg lift is, is not going to throw you off. I mean, we were always told, look like Bryce Harper, right? You take that yeah. small step forward and you get on your toe. We see it with Shohei Otani. But the reality is Harper and Otani are way stronger than skinny-ass Jack was in high school. So I was going to slap singles the other way while they were hitting the ball 500 feet. If you want to be this mix of power and athleticism, you got to have some sort of momentum getting going. And a leg lift is a very important part of that. So, I think if you are athletic enough and if it works and if you work on your timing enough, it is a repetition thing. If you have a leg lift, you have to have a good work ethic. And I think that Seiya Suzuki, based on what I've read as well, has a really good work ethic. I'm not worried about the leg lift at all.
0: And also, another player that I saw a lot of people comparing him to was Shogo Akiyama, who came over when he was 32 to the Reds. But Suzuki is a much better player and he's in the prime of his career. Shogo didn't really do much for the reds i wouldn't don't expect that from this this is a completely different player
1: yeah i i did the dive into shogo akiyama too because you know while you can hear the hideki matsui comp for Seiya Mm -hmm. suzuki you also have to look at what could happen on the other side right on the flip side and the flip side is shogo akiyama um, now let's say this because we said this. I want to say a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, uh, when we first started talking about Seiya Suzuki, I've got a lot more confidence in the guy coming over that had immense success in Nippon Professional Baseball in Japan yeah. than I do with the KBO. And yeah. you know, you brought up Hasong Kim, right? The NPB is just a much higher level of baseball, and those guys have a higher rate of correct translation to Major League Baseball. So with Suzuki. You know, I tried to say, okay, what needs to happen for him to be Akiyama? But then I dove into Shogo Akiyama's stats in NPB and they were not as good. Like he had a low 800 career OPS in professional baseball. Like he did hit 24 bombs his last year in Japan, but that kind of felt like an outlier there. Like Akiyama, it was obvious he was coming down from his prime when he signed with the Reds. And he signed to be this center fielder that was defense first that could occasionally hit, you know, in in the best possible turnout would hit 300. He didn't sign to be a superstar. Suzuki is signing with all-star capabilities, and that's already a higher ceiling put on him than there was one for Akiyama.
0: And it's interesting, too, because in the NPB, there's a big emphasis on hitting for a high batting average. That's a very big thing. It's a cultural thing there, which is it. I love that. I, That's love that. That's, I love I that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, love that. Second of all, I'm interested to see when he comes over. Is he gonna kind of get in that same three true outcome boat? Where is he I gonna start? So. Is he gonna start unloading on power? For example, if he's if he's thinking to himself, "Wow, I can actually get probably paid more. They don't really care about my batting average. I could hit 260, but shell out for a home run, maybe more." Could he be a guy who's hitting you 35 to 40 jacks in a season because his bat speed, I promise you is electric and he has that potential. I'm just so interested to see when he comes over and no one's like, we don't care about your batting average, even though we think they should, but they don't. What will he, how will he change as a player? Will he stay the same? And, you know, I I just think that's a very interesting concept. Will he kind of change as a player sell out for power more, Cause he's wow. already got that good eye and he doesn't strike out that much. He's a really a steady bat. I'm interested to see if the power translates more or the batting average translates more.
1: Well, I, you know, I would probably he's say the 9,300 dinner. Exactly. I, I bet that goes down, but the power goes up much like we saw with Shohei mm-hmm. with Shohei Otani. When he came over, he changed his offensive game, right? He was, you know pump out 35 pump out 40 in japan but that is equivalent to like 30 here 40 there is equivalent to 30 here the average went down because shohei said wait i am more powerful than pretty much everybody in major league baseball so i'm just gonna hit 50 bombs and like the batting average is not gonna be 300 it's not gonna be anywhere close to 300 but i'm gonna win mvp because i hit 50 bombs
0: that's the thing that's the interesting thing yeah like I, but it's so hard because people can tell you what they think Suzuki will turn into, but yeah. nobody actually has any idea. That's the problem about these guys coming over. You never know what you're going to get. Did we know that when Shohei came over that we were going to get probably the best player in baseball? Right. No, we didn't. We knew so we that don't was know a, what will happen with Suzuki.
1: We knew that was a glimmer of hope. Of course. that We could get the best player in baseball. And it turns out we did. Uh, how about this transition? You ready for this? Ready. A guy that is now the rotation mate of Shohei Otani in Anaheim, Noah Syndergaard, signed a one-year deal with the Angels, uh, and he had a hilarious Twitter interaction, who Aram and I kind of are on one side, and you are on another side. He had this interaction with another Mike. Side. You're on a different side? Yeah, I mean, you you view this guy as a
0: god. Mike Francesa? Oh, I do love Mike Francesa. But yeah. this this in this scenario... Noah Syndergaard smoked him. But I, I've always hilarious. been a friend of Mike Francesa.
1: It was hilarious. Let me let me pull up this interaction on Twitter right now. Noah Syndergaard absolutely obliterated Mike Francesa. Here we go.
0: <laughs> um, I'm seeing my strawberries while you're looking. You're yeah. so good.
1: He's, he tweets a lot. Holy smokes.
0: The produce in California is fantastic.
1: Okay, here's the first one.
0: Francesa. The
1: Mets are better off without Syndergaard. In case you haven't noticed, they have been without him for years. Syndergaard <laughs> replied and said, Damn, didn't know you were still alive. Congrats. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love
0: the congrats.
1: <laughs> That's up so funny. Um, What's well, on our Instagram?
0: Get... Shout out at just baseball fans on our Instagram. I can just pull it up right here. The second one, I competed. He was, re- Mike Friends has a response. I competed every day for 35 years, in parentheses, and won in my chosen profession in the greatest city in the world. Noah whined and ran away. Syndergaard's response, only thing you've ever won is being a gas bag, Mets-hating opportunist. <laughs> All you've done is talk shit and spread toxic, toxic crap for a career. Congrats again, sweetie. You're doing great.
1: Mike Man. Francesa,
0: you took just a fat L there.
1: And then also, John Heyman like, got
0: into it. John Heyman? Oh, yeah, John Heyman yeah. was like, did see Heyman got into out it? Of that.
1: Heyman quote tweeted Francesa and said, here's another difference. Noah is entertaining. <laughs> like, I mean, Heyman totally took Syndergaard's side. It was so funny. Syndergaard also retweeted uh, Francesa and Chris Russo talking about how Shohei Otani is going to be a bust when he was in his first spring training. I mean, Syndergaard has something against Mike Francesa. And I understand like that guy, um, listen, that is a sports talk hosts job. It is to come up with shit to say for three hours a day. Uh, Colin Coward, who is the king, we agree is the king. He said this straight up. He said, you know, or Rusillo, I think said this straight up, but Coward has has echoed the same sentiment. He said, listen, like people are going to come at us because we're talking heads. Like we have to fill four hours. You know, yeah. if if we're going to have an argument, if we have something to possibly sound off about to formulate an opinion, we need to we fill will. four hours a day. That's our job. Um, Francesa, supremely talented at his job. Noah Syndergaard could be a little bit butthurt about some of the things that Mike Francesa has said about him. Of course. But the reality is, if you keep going at Syndergaard, he's going to bite back. You got to be ready for him to bite back.
0: I also, what do you mean ran away? And also, the Mets will be okay without him? New York Mets. How's Stephen Matz? How's Matt Harvey? How's Zach Wheeler? Jacob Degrom is really and now Syndergaard's gone. This entire core of your pitching, they're all gone. And Zach Wheeler almost won a Cy Young. I don't know if the Mets are okay. And Syndergaard did not run away. He got offered twenty one million after the Mets offered eighteen. It's called I'm making more money for a team that wants me more. And New York Mets, you're not letting me throw my slider? How am I going to get batters out? So Francesa took the L, the Mets took the L, and Syndergaard took the win. And now he gets to go to sunny Los Angeles and play with Shohei Ohtani and Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. But also about the $21 million. $21 million is a lot for Noah Syndergaard. He has to, I was talking with uh, Dustin Demeter last night, the uh, shortstop for Oral Roberts University. Um, who's also been raking in the fall. He's a stud, good, but good, good. regardless. He said that for Syndergaard to earn that money, we need a 3.75 ERA or below. We need 150 innings plus, and we need a lot of strikeouts and a low walk rate. I don't know if Syndergaard's going to deliver that. I really hope he does, because I hope old Syndergaard is back, because old Syndergaard is a superhero. He's named four yeah. for a reason. Like He's incredible. But I just don't know if we're going to get that same Thor. Do you think so?
1: I don't think we're going to get that same Thor. I think that Thor is gone. Um, you know, here's my thing. It's almost like the Klondike bar situation. I <laughs> would sprint away for $21 million. I would run so far away. Like if somebody said bow out of this fight for $21 million, I'd say, okay.
0: Absolutely. He's almost kind of going to the American League version of the Mets.
1: Yeah, just stuck in purgatory. <laughs> Hey, the Mets are going to be electric with Baez and Lindor. I mean, Francesa yeah. is due for a year of awesomeness. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I mean, I because I, I grew up on Francesa, but yeah. I get why people don't like him. He's very opinionated. Also, we haven't even really spoken about the Jose Brios extension. Seven yeah. years, one hundred and thirty-one million. I read that. That's a that's. I like Jose Brios. It's a lot of money and a lot of years. I know he's twenty-seven but seven years, 131 million. I saw that and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. He deserves that? What do you think? So,
1: yes, uh, I think he's one of the most talented pitchers on the planet. And really? Yeah, I do. I really do. I think when, when this guy is clicking and we saw it about – I want to say like three quarters of his starts with Toronto. When this guy is clicking, I mean, he is he's fastball changeup slider that is wipe out. Like all three are out pitches on the best day. Barrios, he he pitches like he's young still. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. At times it is. Situational pitching is not his forte yet, but pure stuff. I mean, this guy has as good a arm talent as really anybody in the American league now. Um, he's he's got a lot. very,
0: um, not similar repertoire, but him and Freddie, kind of yeah. similar.
1: Yeah. I And the thing is, like, Freddie's an out guy. You saw what Freddie Peralta can do. Like, Freddie Peralta, if you're signing up for a season like Freddie had this year, um, you know, maybe if you, if you pump up the batting average against a little bit, but also increase the innings for Freddie – I'm mm. signing up for that contract for Freddie Peralta right now. Like, that's the type of stuff that those guys have. It's so good. And Barrios has a bit more command than Freddie had ever had.
0: I'm almost, I mean, I'm, I'm on Barrios' savant page right now. A lot of blue. Yeah. Exit velocity, not good. Barrel rate. He gives up a lot of hard contact. The whiff rates, not very good. Spin on his individual pitches, not that great. Did he have a great year? 352 ERA in 192 92 innings, striking out 204 guys. Yes. I'm taking that. Here's the thing like, when you watch uh, Jose how Barrios, about yeah. how about this? Expected ERAs, he's been 2019, 4.14, 4.42 in 2020, 4.12 in 2021. And expected ERAs and everything, obviously. Yeah. It's expected, it's not what happened. But let's talk just, about this, though. There's slight cause for concern. I, 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 I'm i not even saying it's a bad contract. I'm just saying when I saw seven for 131, I thought immediately that's too much. It, see, I disagree because that's the price of an ace now. But I, I just I, don't think he's an ace. That's why.
1: Ooh, I think he's an ace. An ace is like, who's better, him or Sandy Alcantara? Sandy, but Sandy's an ace too. The Blue Jays are paying him over. to be their one. Are they
0: not? They're I paying him don't. to be the one. I just, you put Jose Barrios against real ones in the playoffs. I don't know how well he stacks up.
1: Listen, I'll make Listen. this bet with you. I'll make this bet with you. Like, I made the Orange you know, bet. Do? I made the Casey Mize bet with Haram. I said 3 9. He said over, I said under three, nine for Casey buys. What do you want? Name your ERA number
0: three, five. I want over next year.
1: Oh shit. I mean, he's going to be at like three, five,
0: two. He's an ace, right? <sighs> and, but I, I hate doing this because I'm not saying Jose Brios is bad by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's a really good starting pitcher and I would love him on it if, if my team, but You're paying him like an ace. I don't view him as an ace. I think that's where I sit. I think he's a very good two. Similar to Freddie, not an ace. Here's the thing. Very good two. Here's the thing. But maybe that is a contract for a very good two these days. I do like
1: Barrios in regards to Freddie. If I was handed both of them right now and said extend one for seven years, I'm extending Jose Barrios.
0: Because Brios has a longer track record of success, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I think his stuff, like, he can just tinker with it a little bit more. Like, when I watch him, I see a guy who
0: can be dominant. Not a lot of pitchers can be that. I think Freddie has a better fastball-slider combo.
1: Yeah, but is that dominant? Like, Huascari Noah has a good fastball-slider combo.
0: But he's been pretty good.
1: He's been good, yeah, but is he (laughs) seven years 130? If Freddie does it another year, he's seven years 130.
0: I agree. So, all right. I I think that's the conversation. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's the conversation. Um, let's talk Wait, about taking your the Yanks. Oh taking yeah, we take yeah. I'll take the bet. Fuck it. Uh, I go under three five for Barrios. Go over. Um, wow. I'm just signing up for Casey Mize and Jose Barrios <laughs> to be my guys, huh? Jesus. <laughs> I'm fucked. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um. <laughs> let's talk about your Yankees. Oh, I wanted to pose this question about Barrios. If the Yankees handed Barrio seven for one thirty-one, are you jumping for joy? Are you like, eh, I don't want to pay him. It seems like a lot to me, Jack. To be the two in New York.
0: I would be a little nervous. I promise. This is how I felt it. It's nothing to do with team. It's not my, I understand. (laughs) It's not my money, but you have to act like it is in a, in a way. And it's, if the Yankees gave it to him, if any team gave it to him, it just felt like a lot of money to me.
1: Listen, if if the White Sox go big, I'm not gonna have my my heart sink like if I'm handed the check at a nice Italian restaurant. I'm gonna be like, "Damn, good for you, Jerry. You're spending." <laughs> like I, I'm not I'm not concerned about the financial well being of my team. I just want wins. You know what I mean?
0: The problem with Brios, I mean, they're slugging 5.38 off his fastball. His fastball just seems. Pretty hittable. Yeah. And he he doesn't really have an offering that is that electric. I and mean, when you say, talk about his curveball, which is his most used pitch, 203 batting average against. It, I mean, if we're talking about an ace. Like we look at other aces, their best pitch, it, your hitters are hitting like 130 against the pitch. Yeah. Your best pitch, 203?
1: Hmm. Mm.
0: Hey, the Yankees have space. Uh,
1: for Barrios they they didn't get him obviously he's somewhere else in the AL East Uh, they DFA'd Tyler Wade, Neto, Odor, Clint Frazier. Tyler Wade just went to the Angels for a player to be named later. Frazier and Ruge are gone. I mean you are you're just kind of sifting out the crap in New York right now and I love Clint Frazier as a guy Neto Dor aside from punching Jose Bautista like okay I guess he's somewhat likeable but that was a big scar on him. Tyler Wade Tyler Wade absolutely filled a role here. Yeah. Um it's almost the end of a mediocre era for part of the Yankees right now. How do you feel Seriously, Are that's you-
0: ex- that's I mean, snap it up. It's it's like I was even talking to my dad, big Yankee fan too. And it's like, "Can you believe we gave up on these guys?" I'm like, "No, no, no it's a good like let's get away from all of this." Mm -hmm. Clint Frazier has just been a cloud over the Yankees. We've given Tyler Wade so many different chances. Rube Nittodor has been clutch in spots, but like he's not, he was hitting third in your order at one point. It's like when, when we have these players and we slot them in, they're just not performing and I'm totally fine cutting the cord on these guys. Clint Frazier, people said that fit trade was a failure. When we traded Andrew Miller for him, Andrew Miller post Yankees has not been that great. We made a jump at Clint Frazier, and Clint Frazier, that speed is still there. He can still be a good hitter in this league, but it's up here. It's mental with Clint Frazier, right? All the problems with the Yankees media. I mean, I've heard things that they don't like him that much. In in that sort of sense, in the way that he talks to the media, kind of acting like he was a superstar before, when in reality he was a bench bat. This is just yeah. things that I've heard, yeah. but. I still wish Clint Frazier the best. I still think he's very talented. I just don't think it maybe makes sense in New York. Tyler Wade, love Tyler Wade, but how many chances have the Yankees given him? He's just not that great of a hitter. And he's not this incredible defender where it's like, you know, a Nick Ahmed, a Kevin Newman, where you're like, the glove is just so good that I don't even care if he hits. It's not that he's fast, but he's not an auto base stealing guy. I'm fine setting the stage, but the I want to talk about the guys in the 40 men because arm and I talked about them a lot on our podcast episode. And I'm very excited about that.
1: Yeah. Let me just say one quick thing about Clint Frazier. Um, you know, I, I love reading and watching and listening to Marley Rivera. I think she's one of the strongest people on the Yankee beat. I think she's one of the strongest sports writers in New York and her relationship with Clint Frazier was a really good one. Um you know, because she kind of broke down the walls of Clint Frazier and whenever he was vulnerable, it would be to Marley. And, um, you know, seeing Clint Frazier, you know, with that, with that crazy show that he put on for the Yankees at the beginning of 2020. I mean, remember Clint Frazier was a God for a month with the Yankees last year. I mean, he was great for like a month in a 60 game season. So half the year in 2020, but I mean, he just hasn't really worked out. And the reality is Clint Frazier needed a change of scenery just as badly as the Yankees needed to move on from Clint Frazier because he wasn't going to survive in New York. And the, the way that you need to look at Clint Frazier and Tyler Wade and Rougnet Odor is um, they are major league baseball players for Mm -hmm. the next five years, 10 years. Like they are guys that should be on 26 man rosters at all times. But they're not a World Series caliber like impact player. That, that's not what they are. And, and the Yankees, more so than 28 other teams, I think the Yankees and the Dodgers are the two where you need to have a World Series expectation every fucking year or else you are dead. And they are not impact players on the Yankees. They can be impact players elsewhere, just not on the Yankees.
0: When you spend the most money, you are expected to have a World Series roster year in and year out. Why Every would you, year. Why else would you spend all that money?
1: Every year. And when you've got those three guys taking up three of the 26 spots, you got to get rid of them. And you got to replace them with guys that could be that. Andrew Velasquez is not that. You know what I mean? You have to Great go story, spend money. Yeah. you got to go spend money to get that guy. You have to spend you know, $8 million a year on your backup shortstop because that's what they expect from you. That's what your fan base expects from the Dodgers and the Yankees. The Dodgers, now that they were spoiled with Chris Taylor being their bench Swiss army knife piece, they won't accept anything less than Chris Taylor, which is impossible to find. He was the best bench Swiss army knife in baseball.
0: Him or Whitmer. But I mean, these guys. got But to that point, Also, I wonder if the Dodgers, they have to have Chris Taylor on the top of their list of guys that you've got to bring back. I feel like every World Series roster has to have a Chris Taylor.
1: I mean, I would think so. The Dodgers can probably just go spend $60 million on two other guys.
0: But talking about the Yankees moves, who they added to their 40 men, do you guys remember when we talked about Oswaldo Cabrera, the infielder? What about right-handed pitcher Ron Marinacho, the guy who's striking out 14 per nine, the 26-year-old in AAA? I told you he's a guy to watch. Also, Everson Pereira is a stud outfield prospect. We talked about him too. And then, of course, Stephen Ridings, Yankee fans. You remember him coming out of the bullpen in 2021, just pumping 100. And then also a left-handed pitcher in J.P. Sears. So I think it was just... It's it was it was very cool to see. We talked about all these guys on a podcast we released the same day and then all those guys are added to the 40 man roster. It really felt good for my ego above all else.
1: Yeah, good. Good. Everybody everybody needs a good ego <clears throat> pump, especially I yes, need TikTok it. TikTok star Peter Apple. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about Jose Quintana sucking yet still making 2 million dollars.
0: You're going to keep giving him chances because he was so good. And you're just like, can he find it? Can he find it? No, the answer is no. I know. You've watched him very closely. As
1: as a Jose Quintana truther, like I love Jose Quintana so much because Mm. what he did for the White Sox, I mean, watching Sale and Quintana at the peak of their powers. I mean, Jose Quintana (sighs) was the best no decision pitcher ever like he would throw six innings of one run ball and his team would lose two one and he would get a no decision. I mean, there was a stretch of like, I want to say six or seven starts in a row where he would get no decisions.
0: Like that's at his peak. He gave me Johan Santana bucks, but at his he low, so he's good. giving me men's league lefty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this guy is, I mean, as somebody that, as somebody whose favorite player is Mark Burley, and that's well documented, right? Like I love the mechanically sound left-handed pitcher because that's what I was. That's I couldn't what you were. throw I couldn't throw fast. So I <laughs> liked Mark Burley because I was from Chicago. I couldn't throw fast for shit. I just had to be perfect. I had to put the ball in the lower outside corner with a two seam fastball every time. And no 16-year-old right-handed bat was going to hit that, regardless of if they were going to Louisville or Triton Community College. Nobody was going to hit 72, low and away, dotted on the corner. That's what Mark Burley did at the major league level. And when Jose Quintana was on, that's what Quintana was doing in the major league level. And he was an all-star caliber pitcher doing that. And he was as mechanically sound as anybody. But that was like eight years ago. Not anymore. Pirates... $2 $2 million for Jose Quintana.
0: It's like they're trying to compile the worst starting pitching staff in the world. It's like, God. who else could we add? They should go add Keuchel and then go grab Corbin no, you can't <laughs> or Jordan take- Lyles. You can't These are all guys with Dallas the worst CRIs this year.
1: I mean, the White Sox have this affinity for like, I mean, I'm thinking Burley, Quintana, John Danks, Dallas Keuchel. Like they always John have Nakes. this. What a name. Right. They always have this low nineties to high eighties, like lefty.
0: And <laughs> those guys will lefty. always remain effective. I was talking to Dustin again, and I was saying, cause he was just raking in the fall. I'm like, where, which starters are getting you out? And he's always saying you throw it. Anywhere below 97 from the right side, like I'm up in the box. Like I can hit a fastball. I know that from a righty, but what's always going to be a little bit of my kryptonite is the funky lefty. And he's sitting there to himself. Why can I hit 96 from a big old right-handed, but I can't hit 88 in on my hands from this funky lefty. Cause they're always so effective, but some of them, they have a small margin of error. So when they're on, they're really good. We've seen the Dallas Keuchels, the Jose Quintanas of the world. But then when they're off, it's batting practice. And that's why we see the elevated ERAs into the sixes. And these guys can't get out of the second inning because if their command is immaculate, they're extremely effective. Once that command starts to teeter, it's batting practice because you leave 90-mile-an-hour you leave fastballs middle, I mean, they're just getting pelted out of the ballpark.
1: ERA by year. By the way, Jose Quintana had a stretch of four straight seasons with 200 innings or more. That's awesome. He's a good pitcher. Great pitcher. Jose Quintana, ERA by year. 376, 351, 332, 336, 320. Those were his five full seasons with the White Sox since. So 2017 on. 415, 403, 468 four five oh six four three i mean this guy he's still making money he's andrew he just made eight
0: million dollars too what the hell Sorry, <laughs> I, I just don't get why the pirates did it
1: they need somebody bringing because along also, quinn
0: priester and max kranich do we think that the pirates can be a team to get Jose Quintana back to where he was. If the Dodgers had signed him, if the Cleveland Guardians had signed him, if the Rays had signed him, then I'm thinking, ooh, that's kind of an under-the-radar play. I bet they see something. No offense to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Who's the last player they unlocked? All I hear about is everyone going from their team and then becoming good. Austin Meadows, Tyler Glasnow. I mean, the list goes on and on.
1: Adam Frazier they unlocked Adam, Adam Frazier
0: <laughs> they did unlock Adam Frazier for half a season that's true or did Adam Frazier unlock Adam Frazier and his for 800 BABIP <laughs> exactly so I it's really team-based I just don't know why of all teams the Pittsburgh Pirates
1: yeah I don't know I don't know um listen we got to talk about this Rangers super team idea <laughs> The Rangers have been rumored with every mega deal of the last 10 years. And apparently late last week, they met with both Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. I mean, this is a team that was running out Isaiah Kiner-Falefa as their star. Their star, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Don't
0: start hating on Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Okay, okay. You ready? Is he a star?
1: He's fun. Because he played catcher and now he plays shortstop? That's why he's fun? Yes okay okay um jonah Athletic, Heim.
0: versatile jonah, jonah i great, great framer, framer. Great, great framer, framer. <laughs> um adolis garcia 27 year old finished fifth in rookie of the year that's something yeah. <laughs> um they just extended chris woodward you said you didn't know who chris woodward was i don't know <laughs> chris woodward i didn't know that i didn't know the manager of the rangers that's the fine
1: area. that's fine
0: I, I, God. I forgot i also yeah but also, I'm trying to go through more. They have... Nomar Mazzara is not on their team anymore.
1: No, he he's actually been on uh, several other teams that aren't the Rangers yeah. since he was there.
0: Do they still have A-Rod?
1: No, A-Rod actually signed a big deal uh, <laughs> with them, but then was traded to the Yankees, I want to say.
0: Josh Hamilton?
1: No, not there. He's not uh, there too? Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, Michael Young. Hank Blaylock, is he still there?
0: Hank <laughs> <laughs> Hank Blaylock! You are on it with names. John Danks, Hank Blaylock. Yeah. yeah. Love that. That's that's the most fun thing when you just start everybody. naming obscure <laughs> players. TJ Hushmanzada.
1: Ooh, everybody got their uh, bingo cards. How about Mark yeah. Um Yeah, God, I can keep going, man. Um, all right. We got but to talk one- seriously
0: about the Rangers. Yeah. We actually heard from Kendall McGee, who's our resident Rangers fan over at Just Baseball, and he's also killing the merch game. Go check out the merch. We have not gambling advice t shirts. Yeah. Gotta get one of those. It's getting cold. Get your hoodies, Just Baseball hoodies. You can search Just Baseball merch on Google, and it'll take you to our Shopify store or go on Instagram and you can shop within the app. That was such a good merch plug. I forgot how I was going to transition back into it. Uh,
1: You were saying, but seriously, talking to Kendall
0: McKee. But seriously, talking to Kendall McKee, he is under the assumption that the Rangers GM is continually putting it out in the public that the Rangers are in to keep the fans engaged, and yet they never actually sign any of these guys.
1: Foolish baseball photoshops rangers hats and jerseys
0: onto pretty much every
1: superstar in baseball and it's so funny
0: i love that guy bailey he's, he's good, he's dude. also i didn't know he was 26 yeah thought was it's, like in his,
1: 18. it's in the twitter bio bailey yeah. 26 <laughs> that's what it says in there um hey let's wrap up just with a quick note because the hall of fame ballot came out today uh you're yeah. hearing this on tuesday it came out on monday morning um, Hall of Fame ballot guys on their final years got Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, and Sammy Sosa. We talked about this last week. I mean, this is, this is the year to to make your decision on the steroid thing.
0: Notable crazy. first ballot. This this No, but we have to emphasize yeah. that. This is the year. If this Barry year. Bonds doesn't make it in no person who ever has been, I think, Taken steroids, tested positive, even David Ortiz. Did he ever test positive, or was he just in the Mitchell report? I think he was in the Mitchell report. I think everybody associated with that, you will not see yourself in the Hall of Fame if Barry Bonds, the GOAT, doesn't make it in.
1: It's going to take the senior vote to get him in.
0: Um, You know Barry Bonds won seven MVPs? Yeah. What the hell? No one else has won four. Barra's got three. DiMaggio's got three. I don't think anyone else has four, and he's got seven. <laughs>
1: I'm telling you, dude. Like the argument needs to be made that Barry Bonds is the greatest player of all time, but it won't ever be made, be made because the greatest he juiced.
0: player in any sport ever.
1: Too yeah, I mean. but the argument could be made, or the argument can't be made because he juiced. Like that's the thing. He tarnished so everything. Hard. Now has he tarnished his Hall of Fame case? Um, so those are the guys on their final year on the ballot. These are all the guys on their first year on the ballot. Carl Crawford. Is in his first year. Prince Fielder. I didn't realize he retired with neck issues five years ago. Yeah. He's on the ballot. Ryan Howard is on the ballot. Tim Lincecum is on the ballot. Justin Morneau, Joe Nathan, Jonathan Papelbon, Jake Peavy, A.J. Pruszynski, A-Rod, Jimmy Rollins, Mark Teixeira. Those are all the guys debuting on the ballot this year.
0: We got to do a deeper dive, but just off the bat, I'm thinking, are any of those guys actually going to get in?
1: I mean, like if like, Bonds I think doesn't Tishara get in
0: a rod is Tashara gonna get in? switch hitter? Uh,
1: God, I don't know. I mean, Lincecum's not getting in.
0: It was fleeting. Yeah. PV's Peavy? not getting in. Who on that Here's list is thing, getting in? And if if the steroid thing with A-rod, you might not get right. in either.
1: But like they just put None of
0: them are getting in. <laughs> Poppy and
1: A-rod are the Hall of Famers on that on that list of the first ballot but, but you, if in order in. for right bonds has to get in Clemens has to get in manny ramirez has to get in like that's the thing sammy sosa needs to get in for all those guys to get in so i don't know it's going to be fascinating uh anything else you and we're going to do
0: a deeper dive into all of their numbers too because we don't want to give you just this is the hall of fame no we're gonna we're gonna do a full episode on this yeah. because we think it's very interesting because this is such a pivotal pivotal year for the hall of fame moving forward and
1: this is something that All of us take seriously. So we (laughs) want to legitimately contextualize each guy. And chances are we're going to be rolling it out across several episodes the next couple of weeks. Um, You know, what we think of each guy. We might even sort it like pitchers, position players, all that thing, like do the deep dive and then reveal our ballots. Like this is something that, especially in the lockout, when you think we don't have jack shit to talk about, oh baby, we've got something to talk about.
0: We can make up shit all day long.
1: All day long. Anything else you want to hit on?
0: I'm just happy to be in California. The only problem is I won't be able to be on Twitch people for the next couple of weeks, but I'll be back in New York and we'll do another Twitch stream. I don't have my Twitch set up around here. So, but keep staying tuned. That's Jack underscore McMullen 11 on Twitter. I'm at Peter Apple 23. Again, go check out the new merch, not gambling advice, t-shirts, the hoodies, everything is in our description. Arms got a prospect episode coming out tomorrow. And we have Jeff Duncan. The Lieutenant Governor of Georgia confirmed, and that interview will be coming out soon, we're going to talk to him about potentially what he thought of the All-Star game moving out of Atlanta to Colorado. We're also going to ask him about his career in the minor leagues. He was drafted by the Red Sox and played with the Marlins in the minor leagues. So We're going to ask him all about that because there's been news coming out that MLB will actually help their minor leaguers. So I'm very excited about that. Anything you got to touch on before I say thank you, everybody?
1: I don't think so. I think I'm going to order my uh, just baseball hoodie uh, momentarily. Um, I'm hoping that Kendall doesn't hop on the shipping right away so it actually gets to my abode when I'm back from California uh, next week, early next week. So I'm I'm probably going to shoot Kendall McKee a text actually and say, hey, man, um, I need you to delay shipping it out because I need to be back, even though kendall has gotten deliveries done so quickly i mean the guy is lightning he couldn't recommend ordering from us enough (laughs)
0: like you got the amazons we got kendall he's a beast kendall bezos so thank you everybody